If you would turn to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 5. John, chapter 5. Beginning at verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water is stirred up and while I am going another steps down before me, Jesus said to him, Get up take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it's not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. Let's pray together. Father, we ask that you would reveal your Son to us this morning in all his power and glory, that we would have understanding and that we might honor the Son, your Son, our Savior. We pray in his name. Amen. While the Jews are in a state of murderous rage against Jesus. By Jews, it would mean the Jewish leaders. And they were seeking to kill him, we're told, in verse 18. One was because he was breaking the Sabbath. He told a man to take up his bedroll and walk. There's nothing in the Old Testament law that prohibits a healed man from picking up his bedroll. 
but it was against the hundreds of rules that the Jews had added through the centuries. And the second reason was blasphemy. But he was even calling God his own father, verse 18, making himself equal with God. The word father was, for the Jewish person, a word that the community might use for God. Uh, you are our father, by our father, meaning the, the community of Jews. We are the clay, you are the potter. Jesus uses father in a very personal way here, which would be not, they would not be used to hearing it that way. So radical was it eventually, he would say, Abba, father, so, so personal. And they understood when Jesus said, I am working, from verse 17, my father is working until now and I am working, they understood that Jesus was claiming something very, very critical to them. They saw it as an equality with God. And as they would take this in, they would wonder, is Jesus seeking to take the Father's place? Was Jesus offering himself as an alternative to God the Father? The Father's working, and I am working. Is there a competition between the Father, God, and Jesus? Is Jesus presenting himself as an alternative deity? Imagine two, two farmers plowing in a field. Uh, who comes first in the competition of the plowing match. They would look at it like this. Will it be the Father or is it Jesus? And they would see then what Jesus was claiming to be blasphemous, to offer himself as an alternative to the Father. And our Savior, what he does in verse 19 and following, he underlines that the Father has designated his unique son, his heir, as his agent. That he is not taking the Father's place. He is not offering himself as an alternative to God. He's not acting independently of the Father. He is the Son of God who is an agent of the Father's will. Now, if you're making a will, if you're entering into some legal business, perhaps, you may well designate your eldest child to be the executor, to enter into negotiations, perhaps, on your behalf. And if your heir is your only son, you may have him undertake work or tasks as the sole heir and the family representative. As head of the family, you would designate him as the agent who would act on your behalf. It's actually from this understanding of agency that the concept of an ambassador would arise, where 
someone would be designated to to serve on behalf and speak on behalf of a sovereign, a ruler. Jesus is the Father's agent. He is the unique son of the Father. He is the heir of the Father. He's not taking the place of the Father. He's not offering himself as an alternative to the Father. He is the Son of God acting as an agent of his Father. And so Jesus underlines this for the Jews and for us this morning in verse 19. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. The Father is the the model for the Son's activity. They're not working independently of each other. Jesus would say, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. I'm the sent one from the Father. The Father sent me to accomplish his work. The work of the Father, which the Father willed and entrusted to his Son, was for our salvation. To come and announce the good news, peace with all men through forgiveness of sins, and the coming kingdom of God, the resurrection to life. Jesus would say to his Father, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And of course, he would say from the cross, it is finished. And Jesus would say, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. You see, Jesus is the agent of his Father. And he does what the Father does. The working is not in conflict, but the working of Christ is an extension of the working of the Father. He does what the Father does. He, and the Father loves whom he has sent. Look at verse 20. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. He loves the Son. It's a familial love. The love of family. It's not a master-slave or employer-employee thing, but it's a father and a son, a relationship in that the son knows full well the intent and purpose of his father. And the father has shared everything with his son. And what he has shown his son reaches into the future. Greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. Not only does Jesus do what the Father does, not only is Jesus loved by his Father, but the Father, what the Father gives the Son, Jesus gives to us. For, he says in verse 21, the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. Notice that all may honor the Son. 
He's talking about raising the dead. He gives life. And the Son then gives life. He gives judgment to the Son to act on his behalf. And so the Son judges those who have rejected him. In both of this, a resurrection to life and the judgment of God is given over to the Son, the agent of the Father. And then he says about honor, verse 23, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. As the Father's agent, we honor the Father by honoring the one whom he has sent, his own son. We, we honor the Father when we recognize and glory in the one that he has sent, who does what the Father does, who is loved by the Father, who gives what the Father has given to him. We honor him by not rejecting him. To hear the word of the Son is to hear the word of the Father. To believe the Son is to believe the Father. Look at verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who has sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Jesus does what the Father does. He's loved by the Father. He, Jesus gives what the Father has given to him. And to honor Jesus then is to honor the Father and to esteem him and to be reverent towards him because the Son is the agent of the Father. And of course we know what happened. They rejected the Son and they killed him. Remember the parable that Jesus told of the vine grower. And the vine grower would send to the vineyard and they would kill the ambassadors. And finally the vine grower said this, they will respect my son. And what happened is they said this is the heir Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance, the vineyard, will be ours. Let's kill, let's reject his son. And they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. They took Jesus and rejected him and crucified him. He is rejected and despised by most to this very day. You know, there are so many people who say they believe in God, but they reject Jesus. There are many who say, yes, I believe in God, but they use the Son's name as, as a blasphemous expression. They use the name of Jesus as a curse. They do not honor the Son. 
and so they do not honor the Father. Oh, they say they, there's other ways to the Father. Or they'll say there's other ways to heaven, they claim. They do not honor the Son. And so they despise the Father. There is no way to God the Father but through his Son. And there is no belief in God that is true that does not include the one whom he sent, his own Son. There's no Christianity without Christ Jesus. Jesus said, believe in God, that is the Father, believe also in me. Why? Because he's the agent of his Father. And he said, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Who is the liar, John would say? It is a man who denies that Jesus is Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. You can't have the Father without the Son. You can't have God without Jesus the Christ, the one whom he sent. There's no separation between the business of the Father and the Son. There is no competition there is no alternate deity being offered. There is no one or the other. There is a loved son who is about his father's business, entirely trusted, entirely authorized and empowered and legitimized. Listen to what he says in verse 25, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, as Lazarus heard. Lazarus, come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Such are the words of Christ Jesus. You can't have the Father without the Son. You can't have the kingdom of heaven without the Son. You can't have life without the Son. You can't have a resurrection to life without the Son. If you don't want the Son, you'll be judged by the Son. And the resurrection of judgment. Jesus would say, I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment. What to say? and what to speak. And I know his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. And then he said these words, the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. And so we have the Trinity, don't we? 
the Father, the Son, and of course the Holy Spirit. One God, yet three persons. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. As I grew up, I found myself at odds frequently with my earthly father's will. Do this, he would say, and I would do that instead. And I found at times I would rebel and want to do what I wanted to do rather than what he wanted me to do. And such is the flesh of sin. And yet I, I wanted him to be proud of me. I wanted him to celebrate me, to love me, but I would not do what he wanted. Jesus is very different. Listen to Jesus. I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I do remember when my parents were selling their house and they were getting quite, quite old. And I happened to be there when the offer for their house came in. And Dad looked at me and asked me to take the lead, to act in his place, to, in a sense, be his agent. I knew his mind. I chose what I believed was the best path forward. But it felt good <laughs> to be entrusted and empowered and loved and honored at that moment as I sought to act in his place. You know, you young people who received the Bible this morning, who received God's word to you, you, are, you were charged by your earthly father to believe and to read. And, and as the Son of God is the agent of his father, you are to be the agent of the Son. You are, wherever you go, young people, to be the agent of Jesus the Christ, his ambassador with all that he has entrusted to you and all that he has given you. He loves you and he calls you to do his will. And this means at school, it, 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 it's tough at school these days, isn't it? In this lost culture that has changed so rapidly and that calls good evil and evil good, it's, it's hard for you young people and he calls you to, to do his will there and at home in, in the midst of this mixed up, depraved world, this lost world. The Son of God is loved and honored by his Father. Jesus did what the Father wanted to be done. Jesus gives to us what was given to him. And there is no life without Jesus. There's no salvation. There's no forgiveness. There's no heaven. Don't reject 
the one that the Father sent, the one who became flesh and acted in his place. Believe on his Son. What he spoke is what the Father desired for us to know and to hear. Honor the Son. Lift him up. Be reverent toward him. And never use his name as a curse word. Honor the Son by believing in him. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And in this, then, you honor the Father. Would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, oh, we thank you for Jesus. (coughs) We thank you for the one you sent, your only Son. And that he fulfilled your word. He fulfilled the work you gave him to do to accomplish our salvation through his death and resurrection. And we believe, Father. We have repented of our sins and put our trust and hope in the work that he did, that you gave him to do. And and we are saved and and we are living in a dry and weary land where there seems to be no water. Our culture, Lord, so soundly rejects Jesus. And he will judge. And in the midst of this culture, Lord, especially for these teenagers, we ask that you would give them boldness and faith, great wisdom in your word and understanding that you would fill them with your spirit and give them a love and desire for holiness, that they might be obedient to the Son and act as his agents in this land. If any be here, Father, who doesn't honor the Son and so doesn't honor you, we pray they might repent of their sins put their trust and hope in the one whom you have sent, the one who died for them, and rose again, that we might have the resurrection to life. So, Father, we thank you for the words of your Son to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.